Talk 104.1. We got happy hour coming up at Retro Metro 4 to 6 this afternoon. It's come and go as you please. No reservations needed. You don't have to get there at 4 and leave at 6. You can get there at 5.59 if you want. Or, frankly, if you, you can't even make that, but you are looking for incredible dinner, then I cannot recommend anything more highly than Retro Metro. Uh, lunch is fantastic, too. Of course, we do the lunch bunch there. You can get registered for that at ksgf.com. But in the meantime, love for you to come out. be great to see you, uh, meet you, if I haven't had a chance to do that yet, at Retro Metro 4 to 6 tonight. It is on Republic and Cox, which is across from, somewhat across from Price Cutter, to give you a landmark sense there. Also at ksgf.com, well, not, we have info at ksgf.com about this, but the uh, comedy musical Tootsie is going to be at Juanita K January 10th, 11th, and 12th. And you can win a pair of tickets to the show by texting the word Tootsie to the American Transmissions Talk and Text Line, which is 417-447-5743. That is Tootsie, T-O-O-T-S-I-E. And details on that, of course, also at ksgf.com. We're going to chat with Tom Martz in moments. First, Jason Rima with the latest news update. A voter-approved half-cent sales tax passed in November in Ozark County for law enforcement will not go into effect as planned. The Department of Revenue says the county is already at the maximum amount allowed for sales tax and can't add this one to it. The sheriff had planned to use $400,000 generated by that tax to hire more deputies, fix the jail, and patrol the streets. The Highway Patrol is investigating an officer-involved shooting in Lorry. It happened last night along the Morgan and Camden County line. The officer is okay, but authorities have not released any information on the suspect. Today marks two years since the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. Nine people from the Springfield area were arrested for their role. And the Highway Patrol is investigating a fatal crash in Christian County. A car ran off of Highway 14 east of Bruner and hit a tree. The driver, 59-year-old Brian Baker from Branson, was pronounced dead at the scene. I'm Jason Rima, Springfield's Talk, 104.1. First alert forecast sponsored by Navant, employee benefits that work. Uh, we are going to have a cloudy day with a high of 52. There is a 50% chance of rain tonight, low of 42. Cloudy with a slight chance of rain tomorrow, 45 and sunny, partly sunny, high of 44. Look, everyone, it's Tom Martz. Good morning. How are you there, sir? I'm good. That is good to hear. New Year was good, too. Was it? Yeah, I went to bed at about 9.35. Uh, yep, I did this. I was not too far off that myself. And then the bazookas went off at about yeah. 10.12. Oh, in the city limits. Huh? In the city limits. I'm used to that because in Republic, at least, I, I, don't, I don't know what the legality is for fireworks on New Year's Eve, but 4th of July, of course, it's legal. So people who live in that area are very accustomed to having fireworks and setting them off, and New Year's Eve is one of those, and then beating pots and pans together. Well, see, I knew I wasn't in bed that long, so I looked at the clock and go, okay, well, it's not midnight. You know, you mm-hmm. can't make the case, well, it's midnight somewhere. Oh, right. Not at, like, 10, 12. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, time zones aren't sliding. They don't go minute by minute. 
So, yeah, it was pretty good. Well, we good. Saw. I'm glad to hear that. Hey, in 1066, oh, that's going in the way, way back, back time machine. Way back. Following the death of Edward the Confessor. Mm. Harold. Sounds like a mafia name. It, it is a mafia like name. When you need somebody to get. You need somebody to extract info. That's right. You 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 call Edward the confessor. Well, wait a minute. A confessor means that you're confessing to something. Oh, but what? So you want somebody who's going to beat the confession out of you. That's what the FBI and the CIA is for. Right. What did this guy do, though? Did he make people confess? Uh, I have no idea oh, okay. how he got the uh, the name Edward right, well, the I'm confessor. I'm going to find that out while you're... He was Harold Goldwinson. Head of the most powerful noble family in England is crowned King Harold II. Wait, what about Edward the Confessor, though? Well, hang on. Oh, okay. On his deathbed, Edward supposedly designated Harold the royal heir. But this claim was disputed by William, the Duke of Normandy, and his cousin. So Edward the Confessor was called that because he liked to... Confess his sins all the time. Oh, I guess he always walked around. He's like, "Hey, I stole your watch, or whatever." I slept with your wife. Yeah, oh I no, <laughs> I took your wife. Yeah. On uh, in 1912, January the sixth, New Mexico is admitted into the United States as the 47th state. Spanish explorers passed through the area that would become New Mexico in the early 16th century encountering the well-preserved remains of a 13th-century Pueblo civilization. 1919, Teddy Roosevelt, 26th President of the United States, dies at Sagamore Hill, his estate overlooking New York's Long Island Sound. He is credited with creating the modern presidency, and he is also credited with the Teddy Bear. In 1412, Joan of Arc is born. Oh. Do you have a favorite Joan of Arc movie? I do not. I don't even know if I've ever seen a Joan of Arc movie. I saw one which clearly took tremendous liberties called The Messenger. And Milia Jovovich played Joan of Arc. And John Malkovich was in it. It was actually pretty good. Mm. But the most important thing that happened today, not the last, but the most important, Mm -hmm. The Wheel of Fortune premieres on NBC oh. in 1975. 19, I used to watch that at my grandparents' house when I was a kid. Well, the uh, it was created by Merv Griffin. Now, before your time, Merv yes. Griffin used to host a talk show mm-hmm. on, called The Merv Griffin Show. Yes, you know how I know that? How? Because one of my favorite episodes of Seinfeld is when Kramer finds the set to The Merv Griffin Show in a dumpster and he sets it up in his apartment. <laughs> I mean, I knew it anyway, but that's one of my favorite episodes. Now, it's been hosted since the early 1980s by Pat Sajak and Vanna White. Mm-hmm. So then that leads me to ask, who was the original host? Because I thought it may Pat have been Sajak Merv. No, I, was... I knew that there was a previous host. I remember reading that one. Sarah's going to find out. It may have been Merv Griffith. It could have been. Um, so I remember, though... One of my favorite things watching Wheel of Fortune as a kid, Chuck Woolery. It's Chuck Woolery. Oh, yeah, Chuck Woolery. One of my favorite things about watching Wheel of Fortune as a kid was the, I think it was called the showcase, where you won the money, 
it wasn't nearly as much today. You win like eight hundred and fifty dollars, and then they would have this set of all these items with price tags on it. And the audience watched. Everyone watched as they're like, uh, "I'll take the queen size bed, and I'll take the food processor." And they basically spent their money right then and there. And um, and I always remember there was a ceramic Dalmatian. I, I don't know why. I just always remember thinking that's what I would get. <laughs> of course, I was seven. Eight years old. Well, see, our corporate headquarters, Water Resources International down in Phoenix, has a poster of where it is that the water treatment system mm-hmm. that I sell and and, yeah, right. and service mm-hmm. was actually on the Price of Right. Oh, like so as a, it, yeah, as a it product? Was, it was presented as a product, oh, and then you had to guess, and the closest cool. one who got to that price oh. was one of the ones that... That was something that I was not aware of until Very interesting. All right, let's get a traffic update. We'll continue on with Tom Martz here from Scrambler's Friday Road Show, sponsored by Affordable Towing. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. The third grade, that's what everyone calls me. There's my nickname. <laughs> from Scrambler's, Tom Martz. Who Samuel Morse is? Who, who is? Samuel Morse. Samuel Mor- uh, Morse Coat? He is the, it is the telegraph system. Okay. Is demonstrated for the first time at Speedwell Ironworks in Morristown, New Jersey. Deep, 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 the telegraph, deep. a device which used electric impulses to transmit encoded messages over a wire, would eventually revolutionize long distance communication, reaching the height of its popularity in the 20s and 30s. And I say, how the advanced best that, last, as can you imagine, at the time, thinking. Man, we just what that that came out. They're like, what will they think of next? Just can't imagine. This is it. We've peaked. They may have thought that back. I'm in sure that someone time did. Which always makes me think, what is it going to be? You know, that far into the future from now? And like, remember when they thought this and that? Because I remember watching some of the Wild Wild West movies, where one of the things that they used to do is they would cut the telegraph wire. Oh. To prevent, so that was an act of insurrection at that point in time. Oh. And domestic terrorism. Well, the old wire road, uh, you know, like wire, old wire brewery, and of course that had a lot of that wiring, but I'm guessing it was for that. I don't know how far back those lines went, but it may have been for those purposes. Yeah, it's very possible. 2021, today's date. <laughs> most deadliest. Yes. The most. It put 9-11 to shame. Yeah, it did. I mean, how, how, how can anyone not remember today's date in history when a bullhorn-wearing, <laughs> painted-up fat guy basically brought our government to its knees mm, right. and held democracy hostage? I always thought that is a great signal of strength to the world when you have the current president of the United States portray that event as that something that almost destroyed our country yeah i mean other you got you got to have china and some of these other countries going wait that's all it takes <laughs> this is going to be a lot easier than we thought what are we waiting for i mean anyone can take over that country if 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 the president and and the media is claiming that 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 almost was the end of the country i am waiting for and i know it's going to happen i just may not be alive to see it 
that AOC or one of those Democrats will be driving across country and they will pass a field where there's a bunch of longhorn cattle and they will (laughs) suffer PTSD. It'll trigger them to the point where they crash and that will be that. Yeah, I think definitely, definitely be triggered. Yes, what what a solemn day. I've, I've been watching some of these videos like from Nancy Pelosi and all these different people who are discussing how it is that we need to have a day of remembrance tomorrow. Lord. We need to the, the, it, give me a freaking break. Yeah, they never mention Ashley Babbitt. Yeah, they the never mention veteran. Ashley that Babbitt. That was the one person actually killed during the riots. They, they, they never mentioned the application where the Capitol Police held the door open to allow people in they never mentioned the videos of people just milling around taking selfies of everything that they can take a selfie with i had a friend who was um she and her husband were there and i knew this because where they had gone up to the speech and i knew this because before they went she said hey do you want me to call in or anything and i don't remember why the timing or something wasn't going to work out well so then after the show was over and they began showing off, you know, talking, oh, so I texted her and I was like, I'm watching this. Oh my gosh. And she's like, watching what? Nothing's going on. Like all of the Trump, you know, people that were at the speech that supposedly he told everyone, oh, go f- overthrow the government. They had no clue any of that was going on because that like cell service wasn't working. She's like, we can't get hardly any cell. So they couldn't, they could text, um, but it took forever to go through. And it's just because that many people packed together and the cell towers couldn't take it all. Um, and so she had no clue. And I just think it's funny that all of that the media portrays, you know, all those people just waiting for Trump's orders. And then they, yeah, we're going to go over there now. And they had no clue any of that was even going on. Well, see, I had I had a friend there that we were texting back and forth. And when he had a signal, it all, he would call me to let me know what was transpiring. Uh-huh. <clears throat> because of that, I've actually had to discuss with the FBI. Uh-huh. I'm like, are you kidding me? Well, I'm surprised then I didn't get contacted because of the texting. Of course, maybe the fact that she was like, what's going on? We don't, you know, know. Well, what the, are you talking the, the, about? The person that I was texting with was at the speech at the beginning, but then kind of navigated their way to mm-hmm. the Capitol building. So they were probably closer to the Capitol building when the Capitol bil- building was right, right. invaded and conquered by the guy wearing the horns and the painted on flag. Or no, he had a flag. He had he was painted. Yeah, somehow. I think so. I forget what it was. Well, that table over there. Those are some of the insurrectionists. Oh, uh oh. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't say that on air, though. Well, I'm not saying who they are or okay. which table they're at. Okay. Well, we know where there's a, there's a bunch of them in here anyway. So. I mean, their names have been in the paper, so. That's who I thought those people were. Hey, quote of the day. There is a little that can withstand a man who can conquer himself. Louis the 14th. Louis, 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 Louis. All right. We've got Tom Arts with us here as we continue our Friday Roadshow broadcast on this solemn day of remembrance. We should have had, we should have had a moment of silence before the show started. You well, I think we actually did for. accidentally for a moment, and so then <laughs> <laughs> Houston went to traffic force. 
<laughs> Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. Hear about it. Hear about I, I know it. I'm beating a dead horse here. Talk about it. Talk about but it. the hypocrisy and the double standards kind of unreal. On Springfield's Talk 1041. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. We have four or five minutes before we head over the traffic with Tom Marks this morning, our Friday Roadshow Live broadcast here at Scramblers. Good, because we're going to start a new segment since it's a new year. Oh. And since the legislature has convened, we're oh. going to call this What Does the Constitution Say? Oh. So one of the things, so what I'll do is I'll take a section of the Constitution, okay. read it, and basically okay. tell you what it All right, no, and we're talking Missouri. Correct. Constitution. Article 3, Section 22. It is titled Referral of Bills to Committee, Recall of Referred Bills, Records of Committees, Provisions for Interim Meetings. It states that every bill shall be referred to a committee of the House in which it is pending. So, House or Senate. Okay. After it has been referred to a committee, one-third of the elected members of the respective houses shall have the power to relieve a committee of further consideration of a bill and place it on the calendar for consideration. That part right there is important, and I'll come back to it. Okay. Each committee shall keep such record of its proceedings as is required by rule of the representative houses, and this record and the recorded vote of the members of the committee shall be filed with all reports on bills. Each house of the General Assembly may provide by rule for such committees of that house as it deems necessary to meet, to consider bills, or to perform any other necessary legislative function during the interim between the session ending on the 13th day of May and the session commencing on the first Wednesday after the first Monday of January. That section of the Constitution was amended November 3rd of 1970, amended November 8th of 1988. Oftentimes when you're interviewing people, you will hear somebody say, well, that bill got sent to so-and-so's committee, and they locked it up. They held it in committee. They wouldn't allow it to come out. Mm -hmm. So for those people, I recommend that as they're pointing at that individual who's holding up that bill, they need to look at the three fingers that are pointing back at them. Because it specifically states in here that after it has been referred to a committee, one third of the elected members of the respective houses shall, not may, shall, shall. In other words, have the power to relieve a committee of further consideration of a bill and place it on the calendar for consideration. So that would be 12 members in the Senate and about 53, 54 members of the House. If you have a bill that you deem or your constituents deem that important, yeah. and oh. let's use Lincoln Huff, for example. Okay. He's my state senator. Sorry, Lincoln, you just happen to be my state senator. So Lincoln Huff is chairing a committee that has a bill in it. Let's say it's uh, in opposition to vaccine mandates. Got it. So vaccine mandates happen to be a very viable thing here in the state of Missouri. Nobody, I believe, it is a right for you to be a conscientious objector to, to anything that the government dictates that you must do. So... Lincoln has this bill in his committee, 
and he's preventing it from getting a hearing. Twelve members of the Senate can, by vote, remove him or relieve that bill out of his committee and bring it forth to the House, put it on the calendar for consideration. So this fact that everyone keeps blaming somebody as the basis on why it is that something didn't Mm. get passed is bull. That just means that they have not read this section. Article 3, Section 22. Tom Arts with us. We're going to get a traffic update halfway through the show. Don't forget we have our happy hour at Retro Metro 4 to 6 this afternoon. Love for you to stop by and uh, just have a drink, have something to eat, chat for a bit. In the meantime, here is that traffic update from Scramblers. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. have a look at that first alert forecast shall we it is going to be a cloudy day looking for a high of around 52 there is a 50 percent chance of rain tonight 42 for a low cloud slight chance of rain high of 45 tomorrow and sunday partly sunny high of 44 tom marks okay you're going to get a bonus what does the constitution say because your news all week long by whoever's been doing the news especially yesterday was talking about how the the legislature's main priority is initiative petitions. Oh, at what time was this news? <laughs> you know, yesterday, every news break. Whoever oh, okay, was doing it. your news well, breaks okay. was discussing how Well, it I'm is sure they use the same news stories. So One, one of the top priorities of the legislative body, our legislative uh-huh. body, by the way, not I'm not dealing with the United States, is to create initiative petition reform. That's how the people can change the Constitution. Mm -hmm. Yes. Now, Article 3, Section 50 lays out the parameters by which it is that initiative petitions gain ballot access. There's been two lines of thinking over the past several years in our legislative body. We've got those individuals who believe that it should be harder to get initiative petitions Mm -hmm. to the ballot. The problem with that is that when they make it harder, they make it easier for people who like Amendment 3, where they can just come in here and spend millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars and get their access to the ballot by spending all kinds of money, which prohibits people like you and I in a grassroots movement from being able to do the same thing because we don't have that great big huge network. So the two lines of thinking is either make it harder to get it on the ballot or make it harder to pass. Amendment 3, if I'm not mistaken, I remember I was at a meeting with Ron Calzone, and I think he said there was only like 13 counties that passed. The rest of the state of Missouri said no. So the line of thinking is that maybe it needs to be presented something about maybe like an electoral college yeah, sure. type yeah. mm-hmm. application no, I, where I totally agree with that. the majority yeah, idea, of two-thirds least. of, let's say, the congressional districts or, yeah, or the counties se- or, Senate yeah. districts mm-hmm. have to pass this in order for it to be, to be pla- to get on the ballot or to be in the Constitution. I do believe in all sincerity that we do need to make it more representative mm-hmm. 
there should not be 13 counties out of right. 100 and what do we have 114 counties i believe i think that's right that because a majority of their population mm. sure. has voted in the affirmative that it because essentially what you have the is the the blue areas of the state right dictating our constitution and 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 to switch that around you'll have the you'll you'll have the other side going well then that means the red areas of our state can dictate what the state does well the red areas of the state are 100 plus counties and if you're going to do it by let's say you're going to do it by senatorial districts if if you if your senatorial districts are drawn up in the manner of which the Constitution calls for, mm-hmm. you would have pretty much equal representation throughout the Got entire it. state. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is every time that we do redistricting, you have this little tit-for-tat up there where, okay, well, we'll give you this area if we can have this mm-hmm. area. Well, if each senatorial district was pretty much the same size, same population, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have to worry about that. Stop worrying mm-hmm. about whether people are Republican and Democrat. Mm-hmm. And just draw the lines in the manner in which they're supposed to be drawn. Mm-hmm. And I believe that if if the people of this state believe that the state constitution is important, we will create a basis by which the the proposed constitutional amendments require more than just fifty percent plus one of the population. Right. Okay. I think that's incredibly important. So I know Bob Titus is here. He's a state rep. So if he's your state rep, you have to effectively explain to him, no, we don't want to make it harder to put it on the ballot. We want to make it harder for it to be placed in the Constitution. And that's a yeah, huge no, I, I Yeah, no, totally agree with that. That sounds reasonable okay. to me. Second quote of the day. This one you're going to enjoy. Hang on. Who said the following? And this relates to what's happening right now in the House of Representatives. So some of this has to be looked at in a different manner based on what it said. I'm sick and tired of people who say that if you debate and disagree with this administration, somehow you're not patriotic. We need to stand up and say we're Americans and we have the right to debate and disagree with any administration. Hillary Clinton. It is Hillary Clinton. And how does that relate to Kevin McCarthy, Ben Crenshaw, Donald Trump, and everyone else who's just basic, and Tammy Lauren, Tommy Lauren, whatever her name is, get on the damn train and vote for Kevin McCarthy. The dude is a freaking globalist. He's part of the, the World Economic Forum. He is what predominantly most Republicans are. They don't concern themselves with the Constitution. They're all about the democracy that we have and how it is that they can use it to manipulate and dictate. He's tyranny obsessed. Well, we've talked about this quite a bit, and I don't have a problem with those who are supportive of McCarthy disagreeing with those who don't. What I have a problem with is them acting as if what they're doing is some sort of antithesis to our country and you know now we're starting here this is the first time this is happening so what what difference does that make actually it's and, not there was there's one speaker that it took like 135 hundred well i think that was back in 18 so doesn't make a difference it's in, no, it's I, in I our know. history right no i know <laughs> but that's why you know but they keep acting like 
you know, this is the first time in a hundred years. And, and so I'm like, so what? What difference does that make? And, I, you know, I'm sorry. Aren't we always, and this is one of the things that cracks me up. Many of these same people are the ones that say, we're tired of how things are always done in Washington. But here they're saying, well, you can't do it that way. This is the first time in a hundred years. Oh, so which would, which is it here? Are we tired of the way things are done in Washington? Or are we going to yell at people who say we're tired of the way things are done in Washington? Like I said, I understand the frustration of the the pro-McCarthy people, even some that aren't necessarily pro-McCarthy, but they're like, this is inevitable. You guys are dragging this out when it doesn't need to be. I, I understand all of that. But I, I don't like this the utilizing the same rhetoric that Democrats use against Republicans, calling them hostage takers and terrorists and enemies and acting as if there's that they act as if they have no legitimate reason for behaving this way. And while some perhaps, I don't know, are doing it for selfish reasons, many of the reasons that are provided are perfectly legitimate. And, you know, it, it's it's just very frustrating to me. And I don't like it. <laughs> well, you know, this this application that you can you ascend to that position yeah. simply because of the time that you have there or the fact that you've been in leadership, there you go, that that makes you uh what is that, a monarchy where when one dies yeah. the next one well th- that's you the way the parties yeah. look at this. And they openly talk about it that way too. Uh, because I've heard reasonable people just evaluating it, saying, well, you know, some of these uh, holdouts, and they're wanting this position and that position, and they're saying, well, what about this person who's been there longer? How do you think they feel? And I'm like, so if we just pretty much gotten to the point where quality doesn't matter none of that matters all that matters is how long you've been waiting in line for those positions and that's just that's part of what i have a problem with is the mindset of it the mindset of the approach i have a great speaker that they can nominate and he used to be in congress and that's justin amash what he said he's nominating put him up there and he, he said that he is more than willing willing to do it. And he, let me t- here's the other thing that I believe, though this hasn't been said, I imagine some of these holdouts are concerned about. And it is a reality in which, yes, they control Congress. But even if, let's say, that um, the next go-around and Republicans get the Senate and Mitch McConnell still in charge that even though particularly when it comes to money and funding it's you know the house that really controls all should be that it will be Mitch McConnell controlling it because Mitch McConnell will say this is what we'll accept and I think what they fear or what I, I do I fear this that there will if we get to where somebody like McConnell or Romney or whomever it is somebody that's cut from that cloth is leader of the Senate, Republicans get the Senate back, that if there is not a real strong constitutionalist or conservative, whatever you want to call him, Speaker of the House, they are going to let Mitch McConnell dictate what the House of Representatives does. Because because Mitch McConnell will say, you guys are writing dead bills. It has to have this for us to send it on to the White House, you know, whomever that may be in the White House. Well, the thing I've been finding funny lately is all these Hakeem Jeffries, Biden, all these people are talking about how it is that the Republic or the 20 are now holding up the availability of doing anything for the border and make it immigration control a high priority. It's right, like, wait right. a minute, you've controlled for the last two years 
you've controlled the House, the Senate, and the Oval Office, and now all of a sudden yeah. you're going to make the case it's about border security? Yeah. I don't Wh- think Which, so. incidentally, a lot of people are asking the question, you know, well, why now? Why is Biden doing it now? I'll tell you exactly why. Because now that Republicans control Congress, they're going to pretend they care about the border, and they are going to make proposals they know are unacceptable to the Republicans. That way they can claim that the Republicans are the ones that are the problem. That here we have come up with these solutions. Biden's been to the border. They've come up with the you know the Senate, Biden and the Senate, they've come together. I'm sure Mitch McConnell will be there. Roy Blunt will be wishing he was there to help. And and coming up with this bipartisan deal. And here the House of Representatives, they, they, they are the problem. That's why that now they are, and it's smart politically, mm-hmm. They are going to take that, and they are going to position themselves as the champion of border security while Republicans are the ones that are causing all this chaos. That, yeah. That's what this is about. It's so obvious. Occupy Democrats had a meme, I think it was yesterday, that talked about how uh, Nancy Pelosi won nine consecutive votes to be the leader of the Democratic Party mm-hmm. with no dissension. Like, Does that bragging? sound like a cult? <laughs> I know. Yeah, and they call the Trump <laughs> supporters a cult. Yeah, and even the Hakeem Jeffries thing, uh, one of the biggest election deniers in Congress, and they're like, well, every vote, he's we've all been right there behind him. I'm like, I don't know that you should really be bragging about that fact, especially when you refer to Trump supporters as cult followers who will do exactly what they're told. Well, there are some people who for lack of a better word, that are kind of cultish when it comes to Trump. No matter what Trump did, it was perfectly okay with them. Well, I prefer, and this is my way of thinking, when Trump does something wrong, call him out for it. When he does something right, Hmm. applaud him for it. When Akeem Jeffries does something wrong on the Democrat side, where are the AOCs, the Illamars, and all those people? Oh, they're falling right line. It's it's a cult mentality. You should never think exactly like somebody else because at that point in time, I often told tell Darren Chapel that he and I are in agreement about ninety nine percent of the time. Because if we're in agreement a hundred percent of the time, one of us isn't needed on planet Earth. <laughs> I like that perspective. More with Tom Martz in moments. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Live from Scramblers, I'm Nick Reed with Tom Arts. Who is accredited with saying the following? No man's life, liberty, or property are safe while the legislature is in session. Mm, Tom Arts. No, that's actually Mark Twain. However, I will state that so, no man's life, yeah. liberty, or property are safe while the legislature in session. So the longer so, the holdouts hold out, yeah. the happier I am. So essentially, um, Mark Twain would be considered a potential domestic terrorist. Yes, he would. So. I mean, really? That mindset. Absolutely would. I just wish our I, we legislative should start banning, body. Yeah, we should start banning all of his books. Because he clearly is uh, promoting insurrectionism and domestic terrorism. Okay, now you got me on a different topic. <laughs> the uh, I have a client of mine who likes to play chess. Okay. okay. So one day I'm at his house, and I was admiring his chess board because his chess pieces are done 
with British soldiers and American Revolutionary oh, soldiers. Cool. It's yeah, really cool yeah. looking. And it's a rather large size. It's about half the size of this table. Nice. So the chess pieces are really large. So when he says, do you play chess? I said, yeah. I said, I'm not really phenomenally good at it, but I play chess. He said, well, let's play a game. Well, I sat down, and I think on my third move, his pawn took my bishop. About three or four moves after that, his pawn moves as if it's like a bishop. Okay. And he puts me in checkmate. Okay. To which I went, what the hell was that? He said, well, I thought you knew how to play chess. I said, I do, but that ain't part of the chess rules. He said, well, in my house, what happens is, is when a piece takes a piece, it assumes... Well, that's interesting. It would have been nice for him to tell you that before the game began. It's okay. I have now considered what he plays as transgender chess. <laughs> like that. Any piece, once it conquers another piece, then assumes the availability of being able to be that piece. Now, when it conquers, if that piece conquers another piece, does it assume not just that conquered, but the previous conquered? Does it accumulate? Yes, or, it accumulates. Oh, oh my. So you can have like a super... Yes, you have a superpower a super piece pawn. on the chessboard. <laughs> so like the this next pawn can just wipe everyone off. So the next time I go up there, my king is going to be a queen. So he can oh, fair, never yeah. put me in check. You know what? That's mate. a really good point. You just move any way you want. That's right. Just be like jump, jump, jump. Take this piece, this piece, this piece. Well, uh, this pawn identified as a checker. Tom Arts will continue on here. Going to get a uh, another traffic update on Springfield's Talk 1041 from Scramblers, is sponsored by Affordable Towing. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Along with Tom Arts this morning. Hey, I am taking this off of what is called C-SPAN Classroom. Okay. Okay, C-SPAN is one of those things as I started getting myself involved in politics i found it very educational Mm -hmm. to watch especially in canada they have a c-span type thing and their parliament i have literally seen fist fights (laughs) in their parliament so for people to make the case that you know so on this date january 6th attack on the u.s capitol this is how it reads occurring in the midst of a global pandemic The presidential election of 2020 was subject to claims of fraud and other improprieties. From Election Day on Tuesday, November 3rd through early January 20 of 21, incumbent President Donald Trump and others promoted such claims. In this context, supporters of the president attended a rally on the National Mall in Washington, D.C., on January 6, 2021, the day that Congress was set to certify the Electoral College results of the election, some attendees and others illegally stormed the U.S. Capitol, attempting to stop the congressional proceedings after the siege ended. <laughs> Congress re- resumed its business and certified the election of Joe Biden to become the 46th president of the United States. In the aftermath of the January 6th attack, the House of Representatives impeached President Trump. The Department of Justice charged and prosecuted many of the rioters involved, 
and Congress formed a special select committee to further investigate the events. The last sentence actually needs to state that Nancy Pelosi formed a special select committee to further investigate the events because the one that Congress passed was not adhered to. Right. Yeah. And it was, uh, I think it, it, it was historic in the sense it was the first time that the other party, uh, the minority party, was not allowed to put representation on the committee. Uh, Nancy Pelosi instead said, no, I'll pick your people, which defeats the entire purpose. And so it's one of the reasons that, you know, you had the. It's, to- it's totally illegitimate, not only from that uh, aspect, but just in terms of the goal of getting to any sort of truth. If you do not allow for, quote, cross-examination, if you do, if you do not allow anyone to question the statements or claims made by witnesses, then it's propaganda. See, I, I know it would be against decorum, but if at that point in time, if I was in Congress, every day I would stand up and go, Madam Dictator, Yeah, I rise in, you know, yeah. whatever, 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 yeah. but... The, part of the problem is, is it was the show trial, Soviet Union style show trial. It is, but the Republicans don't have a talking point uh, yeah. or a no good consistency. PR department right. to be able to combat that, and, and they're terrible at well, it. Well, and it's because while there may be a few, the Jim Jordans and a few others, the the establishment of the Republican Party, they don't want to be associated with that. They, they don't want to be associated with anything unsurly. They don't want to be associated or connected with Trump supporters. And so they just sort of let it all play out. And they don't, they don't like, to your point, get out there and say, listen, this is why this is not a legitimate committee for this reason, this reason, this reason, this reason. And point out all the times that the committee would get caught releasing doctored documents or um, uh, you know, falsified documents, which they did on a number of occasions. We got 15 seconds. Yeah, because the Speaker of the House has the bully puppet at this mm-hmm. point. Do you want somebody who can promote your message, or do you want somebody who's just going to right. acquiesce to whatever it is that the Democrats want? Well, and not to mention, you know, one of the biggest glaring examples of, of all of that is the fact that uh, Nancy Pelosi, who had control of the U.S. Capitol Police and her office and that communication with them was off limits to investigators. Tom Arch, thank you. Have a great weekend. You too. News in 60 seconds.